Hello and welcome to this TXF podcast. I'm Catherine Morton, Head of Trade, Treasury and Risk at TXF. And in advance of our global trade virtual event on June the 23rd and 24th, I'm joined by Patrick de Vilbis, who's Director of Consulting Trade and Supply Chain Solutions at CGI. And we're going to be talking about whether the pandemic's silver lining for accelerating trade digitization has got traction. Patrick, welcome. Hi, Catherine. This, I mean, there's certainly been a feeling of if not now, then when on trade digitization during the pandemic. Um, what areas of digitization have you seen picking up recently from uh, CGI's perspective? So most definitely that if not now, when feeling has been here uh, as we've gotten into the pandemic. I think we saw everything from a trade perspective get upended. Um, I know certainly at the, the front end of the pandemic, a lot of folks were struggling um, with their own internal processes. Um, and what we really saw on our side was uh, initially some really good transitions, folks um, suddenly going from having to doing uh, internal processes to being able to work from home, um, staffing models where you might have had folks, um, a, a large set of folks handling physical documents um, in the office, suddenly being able to do that remotely. Um, which was quite effective uh, to those those groups um, winding up being very small, uh, but still needing physical staff in the offices. Um, and, and I think it spoke to some of the, the near-term wins and focuses on your internal processing. Um, so what we really saw was uh, general efficiency pickup, um, a digital end-to-end -end, uh, workflows kind of being embraced um, the, the work from home model being successful because you could get folks um, analyzing documents in a digital format, uh, but still fundamentally needing your core set of um, uh, operations folks to actually be in the office. Um, so, you know, in, in one sense, digitization really picked up as a result of the pandemic. And in another sense, we kind of got to a BAU where we're still really reliant on um, needing physical documents where we're still, you know, using trade as it is today um, without being fully end-to-end -end digital. Uh, the other thing that I'll say is that we did see a lot of internal efficiency efforts, which I think were really, really interesting. Um, so where you got control of uh, your process, I think we saw a, a great deal of streamlining. Um, so I'm thinking of things like digital signature processing. Um, which which picked up quite a bit uh, and and I think generally had some barriers to entry previously, um, but was almost immediately embraced. Um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of of that um, you know the the model where you're able to go uh, end to end within your own institution, um, where you're able to digitize something and as soon as it's digitized, uh, can be picked up by one worker, passed seamlessly to the other, uh, and kind of managed internally um, really really well, which I think is fantastic. But what we we kind of didn't see was that broader ecosystem solution, right? And we know that there are quite a few actors out there um, who can provide that, whether it's just on um, you know, a fulsome um, trade financing perspective, or even from things like uh, digital documents. So from thinking of electronic bills of lading and, and that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that there was a a hope that the um, the pandemic was going to result in oh yeah we'll 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 kind of we're going to be forced to solve that problem, um, but I don't think we quite got there. Yeah. On the no, other, other, 
That's right. That's, that's, that's interesting. I, I, maybe we'll, we'll come, come back to that in a few seconds. So when we spoke last, I mean, some, some banks have been sort of hesitating, updating their, their own core systems um, during the pandemic, and, and, and some things have been put on hold. And uh, I, I mean, I guess we've had things like ISO 2022 implementation, LIBOR transition, which is still ongoing. Um, banks have had a lot to deal with. So, so what's what's been the urgent need and, and, and what changes are you, are you seeing on that side? Yeah, so I, I think the urgent need still results in some of those industry activities. Um, there's absolutely, you know, we're at the tail end of um, some serious, significant swift changes that are not just technology changes, but also um, ultimately process changes that need to occur within institutions. Um, you're, you're getting a, a lot more restriction in terms of what data you're able to enter, um, which I think is really, it's a good thing ultimately, but it means that you need to review your own um, internal operations and figure out what that means for you. Uh, if we look at ISO 2022, uh, we know that the transition at uh, domestic levels is ongoing, but at the SWIFT level, we're expecting that to hit in 2022. Now, it's not directly involving trade, but it is involving trade. Um, all trade results in a payment of some sort, right, fundamentally. Um, and while this is hitting on the payment side, uh, you know, there are massive initiatives that are just soaking up tons of resources internally and are also touching on uh, trade processing. Um, so we're having very active conversations with all of our banks right now and making sure that they're planning for that transition, which feels very, you know, it feels very urgent and impending uh, if you're not involved in that planning right now. And these are very significant changes um, when it comes to your data structures. They're really breaking out of a format that was quite restrictive um, into something that's far more flexible and will be great for the industry long term, but it means investing right now in your technology. Uh, and then if we think about LIBOR, LIBOR in, in in theory, at the end of this year, you know, we should be transitioning fully um, or not quite fully. There's still some tail end in the mid-2023, but the vast majority of banks should have um, their plans in place. They should be ready for that transition. Um, and it's another thing that's just eaten up a ton of resources as we've been in this pandemic. Um, I, I think that it's, you know, what I've seen is perhaps less of a focus on the future state um, and more of a focus on, well, first it was, hey, we've got to get, you know, to BAU in the pandemic. And then it was, well, now we've got these industry initiatives that are really, they're like on our doorstep and there are things that cannot be pushed off. You look at LIBOR and ultimately that is driven you know, not by trade by any means, but in the banking sector in general. Um, and so we have to be prepared for that transition. And it means that you have to put time and energy behind it. I, lo I love the acronym BAU, business as usual, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so how, how, how far, I mean, you mentioned this, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but how far are we on the path to operational digitization? You mentioned AI, machine learning, digital signatures. Um, how far down the road are we on those? So it's quite interesting. Um, I, I think in, in um, going back to my point earlier, on the one hand, when you're looking at internal processing, I think we're really, we're making a lot of really good progress. And, and I would speak about this on the ground, right? Because I do think there are fantastic initiatives that are going on at a broader level and the, the larger ecosystem that are, they have traction and they are moving forward. But if I think about what's actually impacting, if you know, if I'm I'm uh, sitting at a desk at home these days, um, you know, processing trade transactions, what do I really see in terms of my day to day that's changing? 
Um, we are seeing the, the usage of digital signatures in terms of those workflows. So making sure that you can, you know, without having to have wet ink um, process transactions. Uh, and then the other thing that I think we've seen a lot of transaction around would be intelligent process automation. So leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning and natural language processing in order to more seamlessly drive transactions. The big item that we've seen most recently has been intelligent data capture. Um, so where you have physical documents coming in because they haven't stopped coming in in physical form. Um, and those documents need to be, um, it, it, the data needs to be extracted in the most seamless way and the fastest way possible. And right now that typically means, you know, something's getting scanned in and then you're having some level of labor uh, where, you know, uh, data fields are being mapped one-to-one -one where someone's actually keying in and then reviewing. So you have a maker, you have a checker, that whole process. We're seeing really great strides in that area where new technologies, and there are a variety of them out there, are able to extract the data through kind of the typical OCR process, your optical character recognition process, and then map it using machine learning where someone goes in and actually trains, hey, you know, this type of document is a bill of lading. Um, and here are the fields that are relevant to us. And uh, this field that you thought meant, you know, ABC company actually means XYZ company. And you do that, you know, 10 times. And the next time it comes through, it's automatically mapping your fields properly. And you're just absolutely reducing risk. You're reducing the need for low value FTEs who can now, instead of being focused on that, actually um, help out where they need to apply their brain and logic uh, to help resolve issues in your system, uh, which is creating just a ton of efficiency. Um, and we're, we're very excited about that. Now it's, it's a potentially a stopgap, right? Because we really want to get to a broader digitalized ecosystem, but for the time being, it's very impactful. Uh, and that, that that's, you know, this isn't pie in the sky. This is happening today. It's mm -hmm. impacting, uh, you know, trade processing, it's impacting the compliance processing, uh, and it's helping speed up that efficiency within banks. Yeah, I mean, you talked a little bit about interoperability. I mean, it's a big theme at the moment. I mean, do, it's all very well doing these things individually. What level of standardization do we need for things like APIs and so on to be interoperable? Or are we are we nearly there? <laughs> I would love I'd love to say we're nearly there. I don't think we're we're nearly there yet, unfortunately. Um, and there are some really fantastic initiatives that are are out there um, right now. We definitely need standardization. Um, it, it will be helpful. You know, one of the comments that I had back from a, a bank, we were talking about our own uh, API roadmap and development. Um, and someone said something like, you know, we're, we talk with corporate clients and the one thing that they're lamenting is, well, now all the banks are going out there and they're building their APIs and now it's just a new integration channel, right? Oh, great. I've got to integrate to your specific API. You've built it under proprietary, um, you know, uh, data frameworks and um, it, it's very frustrating to the corporates potentially that they might have to now just go through new integration projects, which isn't is not the pathway that we want, right? Part of the reason that we are excited about APIs um, is the ease and flexibility of implementing them uh, and potentially their long-term value. And so I, I think what we're seeing in the industry, um, and in particular, I think the ICC has done a really good job. If you look at the DSI, um, that that API work stream is just dedicated to looking at standards. Um, and helping to drive this forward, which I think is really exciting and I think is going to be really important, um, but it's going to take time, uh, right? It, it will take a while for the industry to align around standards and not just that, but to really um, focus in on the most impactful components and you have dual tracks running, right? So you have a focus on standards on one level and it's, it's great to go to a, um, uh, you know, a, an inter-business body um, where you're talking with corporates, you're talking with banks, 
um, and you're discussing standards. But at the same time, you know that you have uh, direct requirements with your own existing clients that are saying, hey, we got to get this up and running. We've got to move. We got to move. Business doesn't slow down. So there's a little bit of a balancing act, too, where I think we'll see standards progress. But then having those propagate out is going to take a little bit more time. Um, and we should all kind of just be aware of that fact. Um, so for every two steps forward we take, you know, it's going to feel like there's one step back. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned the Digital Standard, Standards Initiative, the D, uh, DSI from the ICC. I mean, looking maybe looking further up the tech stack and at networks, consortiums, um, business to business platforms in trade. Do you, do you think... Um, at a regulatory level, things like Uncitrel's initiatives, uh, the model law on electronic transfer records, um, MLETL or Melita, as people are calling it, and the actions by industry bodies, like uh, I mentioned the ICC, um, to push for interoperability. Oh, is that going to be enough? I mean, we, we, this is this is the big challenge, isn't it? <laughs> it absolutely is, and I, I love whoever coined the uh, the phrase "mleter." It certainly simplifies uh, that. <laughs> and Incitral, it's it's we're going to see how long we can get our acronyms um, oh, yeah. to really confuse people. Um, <laughs> it, you know, will it be enough? Um, I, I would like to think yes. Uh, I think ultimately we've got, you know, so Melitzer is a great example, right? The G7 has recently endorsed it and said that they're looking at rolling that out within their own countries, um, which I think is just a, a huge stamp of approval um, and really pushes us in the right direction, right? It, it will help with the interoperability argument. It's going to ease some of the legal concerns that banks have. And ultimately, we're in a business that's all about risk, right? Everything we do is about mitigating risk. And so there's almost a conservative end to this that you need some of this to be resolved before you're going to have general uptake. Um, now that said, I think even with this rollout um, and uh, with the initiatives that we have at that interoperability level, um, it's, it's another challenge where we will see things change. And now you're talking at, you know, uh, great that we have the multilateral component in place now you need individual country level adoption. Um, and that then needs to give comfort to the standards that you know, some of these networks have in place today. And there needs to be further change. So it's, it's, it's a slow rolling ball. And I think sometimes we, um, I made a joke at, at some point that you, know, you expect to wake up tomorrow and everything's gonna be different, um, but it's not. You know, th this, this takes time and you're, you're gonna wake up you know, five, 10 years from now, and you're going to be doing everything digitally, and you're going to, we're going to have forgotten some of these conversations, right? Because it's just going to be this slow ebb, in my view, um, over time. I like, I like to say that yeah, five years ago, we were probably having the same conversation. I, ha I hate to, I hate to say it. No, it's, <laughs> it's true, though. And, and I, I absolutely, I think we'll probably, probably be having a similar conversation still five years from now. Maybe that 10 year mark is where, where I'm, I, I, I joke and say, I'd like to think that by the time I'm retired, this will be changed. Um, I'm still optimistic about that time frame. <laughs> I mean, just, just finally, I mean, you're, you're going to be speaking on um, June 24th at TXS Global Trade Virtual uh, 2021 conference on the accelerated digitization of trade and building an interoperable ecosystem. I mean, do you think the trend of faster digitization of trade will continue after the pandemic? Has it got enough tra uh, traction? That's our sort of million dollar question. <laughs> I think it does. Um, so at, at a high level, I think you've got the traction that you need um, for some of these digital ecosystems. Uh, the comment that I have broadly is going to be, uh, what I've seen is, 
the large players who are able to um, involve themselves in multiple different different initiatives are are playing in that space. I think what we're challenged by right now, though, is a variety of the the kind of second tier um, and the followers, if you will, um, that are saying, "Hey, I don't have the capacity to join five, ten different networks, and I don't have the IT budget to integrate to every one of those and prepare for you know a, a multiple winner scenario." Figure it out. And once you got traction, come back to me. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of that out there. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes over time. Um, so I think at the, the broad digitalization, we have traction. It's just going to take a little while before we start to see um, you know, multiple networks actually um, onboarding a ton of clients. Um, and creating that ecosystem that we we so want to see, and then hopefully being able to communicate with each other using some of these standards that we're talking about. Um, but I do think just internally there is a there is an inevitability about this with the banks, right? We are being pushed, continuing to be pushed for ruthless efficiency, um, and trade definitely has a ton of low hanging fruit in that space. So I think you'll see that ecosystem, the broader end-to-end -end digitization take a little while. But if you look internally within banks, you're seeing the movement right now. And everything that's going on um, is really driving towards that efficiency by leveraging any digital workflow that you can get, any automation that you can enhance, any API you can build um, to connect into some of these networks or to your corporate clients. Uh, so I, I do think we have the traction. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer maybe than we expect. Patrick, thank you. And I look forward to seeing you on the 24th. Thank you. Absolutely excited about it. Thank you, Catherine.